Kedvoch, everybody. So I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. I've spoken with the Rav over the phone. A different, uh, you know, we've had we've had conversations before. This is the first time I've actually met him face to face. It's the first time I'm meeting all of you. I know some of you. It's the first time I'm seeing the shul. I'll tell you the truth. Seeing it live, and especially watching the video a few minutes ago, is a maisa that I'm reminded of. You know, there's a minute by the chesidim to say chesidish maisa matzish shabbos the bal shem and other tzaddikim. So I'm a little bit of a confused guy. Chassid litvak, I'm not sure. So I'll tell you maisa. It's a litvish maisa, okay? At the end, I'll tell you chesidish maisa. Okay, let's we'll start off with the litvish maisa. It's maisa like this. There's a there's a chassid that I know, a good friend of mine. He's a, it's a big Ebed Hashem. And so this, um, this chassid of mine told me the following story. That there was uh, a year that he met, an Alta Litvak. An Alta Litvak. And this was a Litvak, this is a year that learned in the mirror. But the mirror before the war, it was a Talmud of Rabbi Yeruch. So this Chassidish friend of mine tells me that he met this uh, old Jew. Not too many of them alive. Some that can say that he's a Talmud from Rabbi Yeruch. And so he asked... He asked this, uh, this year, this Litvish year, tell me something about Rabbi Yerucham, a Maisa, something. So he tells me that this, this old Altamir starts yelling at him. He says, what do you think, I'm a, I'm a chassid, you want a Maifis? Or you want to tell me that I should tell you that Rabbi Yerucham wrote a kvittal, you know, that he received kvittal, what do you think? He was Rashiva, he was a So the, so, the, so my friend says to him, I'm not asking for a chassidish Maisa, just tell me something about Rabbi Yerucham. So he says, you really want to know? So yeah, I really want to know. So this is this. So this Altiyid sits down for 30 seconds thinking, and his eyes become red. And he says to my friend, he says, did he ever eat a pickle? So my friend's like, a little bit, yeah, I've had pickles before. So he said, you know, a pickle, what was a pickle originally? A pickle starts off as a cucumber. And it sort of still looks like a cucumber, but it's altogether different. It's altogether different. He said, Rabbi Yerucham pickled us. Yerucham pickled us, you know? We came in looking a certain way, and we left looking a certain way. It's altogether different. So, you know, I'm looking around the room. I think you've all been pickled. That's what I think. I think you've all been pickled. There's no cucumbers left here. It's all pickles. Not even half sour, you know what I'm saying? Full sour pickles. Maybe there's some like spicy pickles. Maybe there's some like, you know, sweet pickles. But you're all pickles. You know, a yid that's, that's mokusha to a shul, a yid that's bound to a rav, might not on the outside look any different than a yid that doesn't have a shul or a yid that doesn't have a rav. It's altogether different. It's altogether different. And that's what we all just want for ourselves and for our families to be completely pickled. That's, that's all we want. And that's really the biggest bracha that I can give to you and that we can daven for ourselves that we should become mamish pickles. That's the biggest bracha. I mean, let's take that out of context. It sounds a little funny, but that's the biggest bracha. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit for a few minutes of, uh, of being a pickle. You know? What does it mean to be a yid? What does it mean to be a yid to have a shul, to be a yid to have a rav? A year that's makusher, ta'avoida, to Yiddishkai, to Simcha Sachayim. The real question is, what is a year? 
What is it? What's the secret to Nishma Sisro? I know it's a little bit of a loaded question for like Matzah Shabbos when you have like a piece of salmon or a fake piece of meat in front of you, you know? It's uh, something that he has to think about. What's in the Shama? What's in the Shama? Shabbos and Matzah Shabbos are for big questions. What's a year? So you know, Chazal say, Chazal say that on the word Bereshis, right? We just finished Sefer Bereshis. So Chazal say, Bereshis Baralakim. So Chazal say that that word Bereshis means Bishril Yisrael Shanik Bereshis, right? Which means that the, the Rabbanish will create the world. And the reason why the Rabbanish will create the world is because he was planning on there being such a reality that's called a Jew. That's what the whole Bria was really leading towards. Hey, you know, there's a principle in life, in the world, that very often a certain project that you take upon yourself to accomplish and to build, obviously whatever the motivation is, whatever the, the siva, whatever the plan, whatever that project was about, you don't necessarily see how, you don't necessarily see what the tachlis was until the very end, right? Soif, ma'isav, ma'ashavet, so you go through a whole Sefer Bereshis, and there's six days of creation, seven days of creation, oh yeah, the whole thing. There's a lot of stuff. The Rebbe creates a lot of things. And we always keep in the back of our mind, but all of this is to make a yid. But what is a yid? Only at the end of Sefer Bereshis, Saif Ma'isim Achshavet only at the very, very end of Sefer Bereshis does it become clear what a yid is, and how all of creation was leading up to this. So it must be that right at the end of Sefer Bereshis, the last few words must contain within it the secret of what a yid is. And the explanation of this entire project that's been Sefer Bereshis. So how does Sefer Bereshis end? It's the end of Parashat Vayichi. So then we know that Yosef Tzadik passes away. And Yosef Tzadik is buried in Egypt. He's put in the coffin and he's buried in Egypt. That's how Sefer Bereshis ends. If the very beginning of Sefer Bereshis was the Rabbani Shalom's thought about Nishmas Yisrael, and Saif Ma'isav Machshavet Chilu, what was in the very, very beginning as a thought becomes more clear and apparent and becomes manifest and full at the very, very end. So it must be that the secret of Nishmas Yisrael is contained in those words, that Yisem Ba'arim that Yosef is buried in Mitzrayim. Okay, so what does that tell us about ourselves? It's a principle from the Baal Shem. Every single word of Torah is not just something that you read about, something that you learn about. It's something that's telling you about how to be a better Jew right now. So we have to figure this out. The Rabbana Shalom is telling us something right now. He wants us to figure ourselves out. On package, this must be to figure out who we are based on those words, the Yisam Bar Mitzrayim, that Yosef is buried in Mitzrayim. Okay. And so you know, everything's Bashkacha Pratis. Everything is divine providence. There was one place on planet Earth that the Rabbani Shalom chose to be the place that the Jewish people should develop. There's a place on Earth that the Jewish people are supposed to live and thrive, and that's Eretz Yisrael. There was another place on planet Earth that the Rabbani Shalom decided this is the best incubator possible. This is the best place for Nishmas Yisrael, for the soul of the Jewish people, individually and collectively, for it to be developed. And what place was that? That's Mitzrayim, that's Egypt. Right? So Rabbanishim decided that Davka in Mitzrayim, through the exile of Mitzrayim, which we're leading to these parashas of Shaivim, right? So Davka Mitzrayim is the place that 
only there can the Jewish soul be fully developed. Once it's developed and put together and organized, then it thrives in Eretz Yisrael. But the place that it has to be, that it has to be put together is in Mitzrayim. And so the question is why? What is it about Mitzrayim that is so necessary to develop, to be the place in which Nishmas Yisrael is born? You know, when you have something and you want to create it, it needs a mold, right? So the mold of Nishmas Yisrael was Mitzrayim. So this is the question, what is a Jew? It's somehow contained in that Pasuk of Yisem Bar Mitzrayim that Yosef is buried in Egypt. And Mitzrayim Mechlal is a place through which, within which, that the Rabbi decided that the Jewish soul is going to come to fruition, it's going to be born. So what does Mitzrayim have to do with the souls of the Jewish people? All right. One final question, then we'll begin to actually answer some things. <clears throat> so again, like I said, at the end of the parish, we talk about Yosef Tzadik, his death, and Yosef Tzadik's promise to the Jewish people, the Rabbanish was going to remember you. And those are the famous, that's the, the secret code, the magic word that Yosef gives over to the Jewish people. says, the Rabbanish has remembered you. But right before the last, you know, sort of the last farewell of Yosef Tzadik, the Pasuk sort of eulogizes Yosef. It uses eulogizes Yosef. It says the greatest thing you could say about Yosef Tzadik. And so we think, we, we step back and we think to ourselves, you know, if we were the Rabbi Nishleilam, if we're talking about the greatness of Yosef Tzadik, there's many things that we could talk about. Eishas uh, Potiphar, all the different inyan. The Rabbi Nishleilam picks one thing to talk about with Yosef Tzadik, and, and it must be that this is the inyan. What does it say about Yosef Tzadik? It says that Yosef Tzadik was Zaycha, that he was Zaycha to see get children. He had grandchildren. It says in Basak that not only was Yosef Zaychet the children and grandchildren, he was Zaychet to have great grandchildren. And not only was he Zaychet to see his great grandchildren, his great grandchildren were born on his lap. In other words, he was involved in their raising. He wasn't just a, a picture on the wall, you know? They didn't just like call him every. Arab Shabbos, Wishka Shabbos. Like he was mamish involved in the life. He raised his own great-grandchildren. That's what it says about Yeshua Tzad. So what does that mean? What's the meaning of that? Okay. Those are the kashas. Get them out of the way. Let's begin to talk. There's a Torah from the Leshem. You've heard the Leshem. Shomo Leoshev, one of the great, great Mekubolim of the early 20th century. It's a club that the Leshem talks about. We find it all, all this far, man. Leshem says the following idea. The Rebbe created the world in such a way that there's a certain system, there's a certain algorithm, I guess you can say, that governs things. And this is a rule. It's, a, it's an algorithm. It's a, it's a principle that we all experience. And it governs our life. And that is what the Leshem describes in the Svarim. uses this term of Seder Heshtalshlis. What does Seder Heshtalshlis mean? Hishtalshas means like a chain. Like a shalshal, it's like a chain. It says a lesson like this. The Rabbanu made the world in such a way where every single person and every single generation and every single era is limited with its particular personality. It's boxed in with its particular potential, with its particular gifts, with its particular struggles. Just like a shashal, it's just like a chain, right? 
So every link on the chain has its place. One link that's number five can't become number four, can't become number three, can't become number six. It is what it is. Seder Shalshlis. Says the Leshem, every generation has its own particular tuna, has its own particular personality, has its own language, has its own culture, has its own identity, has its own ceiling in terms of its spiritual sensitivities. Every person has their own misgeras, has their, has their own framework, has their own box that they're in. Every day you're different. Who you are on Sunday with your limitations of Sunday is not necessarily who you're going to be and, and the limitations that you have on Monday. Everything is mugabal, everything is constricted and constrained in this process, in this system that's called Seder Ishtalshans. Now says the lesson like this, says the lesson in every generation, on a generational level, the lesson says every generation has its own, again, personality and tchuna and certain limitations and framework. And the Rabbani Shalom gives and created certain, uh, certain mechanisms in place to guide every generation. So every generation and every person in a generation has parents and grandparents. And the parents and grandparents, says Elisha, are part of that generation. And their function as part of that generation is to guide the generation properly. So parents, says Elisha, their role, their function is to give instructions to the people of the generation, to the children of the generation, in terms of details. Do this, don't do that, do it like this, don't do it like that. Details. And grandparents also are part of a generation. They also speak the same language and understand, hopefully understand the nature of the generation. And they're also there to give hadracha. The hadracha of grandparents is more general. It's more with candies as opposed to uh, discipline. So the parents are in the detailed type of hadracha, type of chinuch. The grandparents are more the general type of chinuch, a general worldview, a general outlook. But they're both there as part of the generation giving hadracha. It says the lesson, then there's something else that's called a great-grandparent. It says the lesson, a great-grandparent, the etzem, is not really part of that current generation. It's really not. A great-grandparent, says the lesson, is really shy, is really related to the previous generation. The, the nature of a great-grandparent is not necessarily one to fully understand the nature of the great-grandchild. It's coming from a different place, a different perspective. What's the function of a great-grandparent? So Leshem says the is the reality of a great-grandparent, is just to be a bridge. Just to be a bridge between this generation and the previous one. But that great-grandparent is not really there to give any clear direction. Because it's coming from a different goof. This is all part of what's called Seder Heshtalshlis, the system, the system of finite reality. Every generation is different, is unique, and more often than not, lower dealing with lower inyanim, dealing with, with more base nisyayness, and with a lower ceiling compared to earlier generations. But here's the secret to Nishmas Yisrael. Here's the secret of what a Jew is, and this is who we are. We are also governed by this system. I'm speaking English right now, I think. My ancestors didn't speak English. I'm wearing a short jacket. My ancestors did not wear a short jacket. They certainly didn't wear a tie. Even though I can't stand wearing ties either, but okay, tell you, it's colors. So there is such a thing that, our, that we're also limited. We also think a certain way. An American Jew is not the same as a, uh, as a Polish uh, yeah. It's not the same. We think differently. 
We have different mentalities. Our nisyonis are different. More usually, one can make the argument our nisyonis are lower, and maybe one can make the argument that our hasagis, our spiritual sensitivity is lower. And we're a particular link in the chain of Yiddishkeit, and we can't break that. We can't take a time machine and say, we want to be link number four if we're link number five. That's it. It is what it is. But here's the secret of Nishmas Yisrael. The secret of Nishmas Yisrael is that at the same very time, within that box, within that limited scope, within the language of Tav Shin Pei Gimel, within the mentalities of Tav Shin Pei Gimel, within the structure and the rigidity of Seder Heshtalshalos, the secret of an Neshama is to be able to tap in to infinite koiches, infinite potential, within Seder Heshtalshalos. In other words, the secret of Nishmas Yisrael is being raised by your own great-grandfather. That's the secret of Nishmas Yisrael. The secret of Nishmas Yisrael is that instead of the, the, the nature of a great-grandfather, which means out of the box of your generation, and all their function is just to be a frame of re- a reference point to know where your yichas comes from. The secret of Nishmas Yisrael, and this is Yosef HaTzadik, is what? Is that his great-grandchildren were raised by him. Let's understand, it doesn't just simply mean a fact in history that he raised his own great-grandchildren, that he was part of their lives. It's, it's establishing what a Jew is. What is a Jew? A Jew is someone that can go through life of Yiddishkeit that's so rigid. Let me tell you something. There is not, I, I don't know of another culture in the world that pays attention to time the way we do. Like in, in the outside world, outside of our, of our circles, so you have a meeting, a meeting is 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever the meeting is. You ever had a meeting that was set up for 4.07? Such a thing. No such thing. What time is my creation? 9.04. What time is Shkia? 4.22. Such a thing. You know how rigid that is? Yiddishkeit is completely constricted. Yiddishkeit embraces this rigidity of Seder Ishtalashlas. How much strings are tzitzit supposed to be in each corner? Eight. You do nine? Don't look at mitzvahs and Avera. It's completely rigid. But the secret of Nishmas Yisrael is to live in that restricted space, but to experience infinity within it. Anyone that's tasted davening, and I can tell, I was able to tell from the video that you guys daven. Anyone that tasted davening knows that, you can, that even though every shacharis is the same words, every mincha is the same words, every mayrif, every lechadoidi, but anyone that truly experienced the Yiddishkeit, anyone that's been pickled like you have, knows that every lechadoidi is different. Every shacharis is a different oilam, a different universe. I, from the outside, looking in, it's the same, the same sitter, it's the same pasuk, it's the same thing, it's on page 48, whatever. Every week it's on page 48. Ah, it's altogether different. This is the secret of Yiddishkeit, you understand? This is not something that can be truly explained in words. You have to experience it yourself. It might look like a cucumber, but it's altogether different. This is the secret of a Jew, to be raised by your own great-grandfather, to be able to serve the Rabbanish in such a way with your unique Tav Shin Pei Gimel language and your unique Tav Shin Pei Gimel American mentality, but to be recognizable by your ancestors. You understand? To be recognizable by them. 
to do things in such a way that the Ovis Akdoshin and her holy ancestors were able to say that, oh, I know who that is. That's one of mine. I, I, I look different. I, I speak differently. I deal with different nisyayinahs. Yeah, all those nisyayinahs. To think, a Jewish person is limited. On the outside, we're limited. On the outside, we have boxes. And only on the outside can one claim to, to make the, the mistake of thinking that this difficulty is bigger than me. But any Nisayan that a Jewish person faces, any Nisayan that a generation faces, is overwhelming when all you see is Seder Hishtalshtas. But if you believe that the depth of Nishmas Yisrael is that you were raised by your own great-grandfather, that what is above your generation is within you, that the blood of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov runs in your veins, then, ha- then the most unbecoming thing, the most, the most unbecoming philosophy is to think that anything is stronger than you. To believe that any Yitzhara is overwhelming, that, that you cannot conquer it. Would you say that about Yosef Tzadim? Would you say that about the Ovesak Toshim? How would you say that about yourself? The whole secret of Nishma Yisrael, the secret of Yiddishkeit, is to be able to be within that framework, that box that you're put in, in that particular moment in time, and you as a person, as an individual, but contained within that is infinite strength, it's alakus, it's divinity itself. The Rabbani Shem is Ein Saif, he's infinite, and he remains infinite, despite all the boxes he's willing to put himself into. I've mentioned this many times, guys, in the show other places. Here, a little bit of a, you know, pop quiz. It's okay. What am I holding in my hand right now? I don't know if you can see. Wrong. You're supposed to say tzitzis. It was a, it was a trick question. It's not tzitzis. Where are tzitzis? What are these? These are strings that I wear to give me access to a place within myself and a place within elokus that's called tzitzis. In this town, say that again. These are strings that I wear to give me access as a doorway to a place within my soul and a place within God that's called tzitzis. The strings are limited. They're structured. They're, they're, they are what they are. They can't be more. They can't be less. But they have. But you have to believe in the soul within them, and they have to be seen as a doorway, as a gateway into a into a higher place. And when you see it as such, then the kaiches, the power, the strength that sits infuse you with, gives you the strength to overcome all things in this world. There is nothing stronger, and there's nothing bigger in the entire universe than Nishmas Yisrael. You just have to see. You just have to see the mezgeres, the, the structure, the link, the box that you've been put in as a window into something deeper. This union of the Jewish soul, which is infinity, wrapped up in that which is finite, that's a Jew. Infinity wrapped in finite. This was cultivated in Mitzrayim. What do I mean? Mitzrayim has two qualities. There's two qualities that we find in the exile of Egypt. Number one, Mitzrayim was defined as base avodim, a country whose economy, whose culture was completely revolving around slavery. What does it mean to be an Evid? An Evid means finite, limited, dos is dos, you are what you are. You think you want to be something else, you have no free range at all. You want to be, a, you want to be an, an accountant, you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, nothing doing. You are what you were born into, that's it. Chazal say no one ever escaped Egypt. The misgeres, the restriction of Egypt was overwhelming. Even the word Mitzrayim means, it means constraint. 
It means a meitzar, it means a constriction. But here's the amazing thing. Within that prison that was called Mitzrayim, the Pesukim also indicated, and Chazal make a point of this, is that within that structure, within that rigidity of Egypt, Egypt was saturated and overflowing with Kishif, with witchcraft, right? I remember elementary school, Kishif Machas, right? Kishif, you remember that? Kishif Machas. What's Kishif? Kishif means, it's, it's on the side of impurity, but Kishif means anything is possible. That's what Kishif means. It means, look, something, it's a chicken? Nah, I can turn that into a cow. You see this thing? It's called, uh, you know, a piece of rock? I can turn it into a bird. So then what is it, a bird or a rock? It's anything. It's anything. You see the secret of Mitzrayim? You see this? Mitzrayim means, Mitzrayim means a place that's completely structured, but within that structure, infinite. Now all of that is on the side of impurity, but the Jewish people have to go through that exile, that catharsis, the difficulty that comes from that place, and what emerges out of that is that model in holiness. That model in holiness, which is infinite, infinite kaiches, infinite potential, infinite levels of attachment to God, way, way beyond what you think you're capable of, all within the miscaris of who you are. That means that to be an Ebed Hashem, very often one of our biggest challenges, and I, you know, I'll tell you the truth, you know, it's not my shul, so I feel like I can like talk, right? It's one of the, one of the things. The rabbis invited to my shul, so you can like, talk straight also. No. We limit ourselves so much, you know? All too often we think of ourselves in terms of what success is in Yiddishkeit. It's like, oh, I'm Shaim Rishabas. Shaim Rishabas, I'm from. But why don't we ever dream and say to ourselves, like, I want to be a Navi? I want to be a Navi. I think to yourself, Navi, Zach Tinsky, have you lost your mind? It was less than you of an American Navi. Never met an American Navi. So what? If all you are is that misgaris, that limited box, that link, Seder Shtalshlus, Tav Shinpei Gimel, that's it? Nevu is a long gone thing. When you're in Yeshiva for two days, you think you still dream of Ramesha Feinstein. The third day, Ramesha Feinstein is not, not it. But why can't I be who I am, but be a Navi at the same time? Why can't I talk English? Why can't I have the Inyana that I, that I have? Why can I be in the world that I'm living in, but be on fire with Elikos? Why is that a contradiction? It's not a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. The Rebbe wants you. The Rebbe wants you with your personality. He wants you with your background. He wants you with all your Mishagasin. But he wants you to be with your Mishagasin and on fire with Yiddishkeit. Fire with Yiddishkeit. That's what the Rebbe wants. And this is what Nishmas Yisrael is, and this is all summed up with that Pasuk at the end of Parshat Breshis. You forgot about that, right? I almost did also. All of Breshis began with the Rabbanu Shalom thinking and dreaming about a Jew. And what is a Jew? The Yisem Ba'arab and Mitzrayim Yosef being buried within Egypt. The word Mitzrayim means constriction, Neitzar, constriction. What does the word Yosef mean? Yosef means more. Yosef means limitless. That Yosef is buried in Egypt. That's what a Yid is. So what does it mean a yid that's the kosher to a rug? What does it mean a yid that's been ice pickled, if I can make up a word? What, is, what does that mean? You know what it means? He looks the same. Same shakras, mechanmeyer, same inyana. All together different. Because what he has inside of him, what he's tapped into, is something that's much, much bigger than his box. And he's able to harness those kaiches in his daven, his slavas, and his avoida. Akadekach, 
that he shouldn't limit himself with what the box seems to indicate. We have to challenge ourselves. We have to want to be mamish bigin. Bigin. Don't be satisfied. Proud. You be proud of yourself. But don't be satisfied with whatever madrigas that you have until now. Follow the Rav. Because the Rav believes in you. He believes in you. Because it doesn't mean, by the way, it doesn't mean the Rav is, is, is blind to the box that you are, to the fact that you're Tav Shin Gimel. You might think to yourself, he's demanding of me and Yonim that coming from an older generation. Because the Rav knows that Nishmas Yisrael means to be raised by your great-grandfather. It means that what, was, what is above your generation is within you, within the misgeras, within the framework, within the color of your generation. Don't be limited by what, by what you think you're limited with. The potential, we have untapped potential. Nishmas Yisrael is much bigger than anything we could possibly imagine. Baichi Yaakov Beres Mitzrayim, no? Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim. I'm almost done, don't worry. Baichi Yaakov Beres Mitzrayim. I still have a mice to tell you, I'm not gonna, I have to keep to my word. Baichi Yaakov Beres Yaakov lived in Egypt, right? Everyone knows. The Zohar Kodesh asks, why does it say he lived in Egypt? You make the Cheshman. He lived in Egypt for 17 years. So Zohar says, no, 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 those are the best years of those, are the deepest years of his life. 17 is Gmachia Taif. It says in Pasik the first time Taif is mentioned, that's the Argonas, that's the infinite light from which you could see from one end of the universe to the other. That you could have the Argonas in the constrictions of life. But within that, you can find infinity. And that's our collective field for ourselves. We should be to raise our families in such a way that our children should be raised in our homes with that feeling, that mentality, that although we understand their koichis, their potential, and the background that they have, within that, unlimited fire. Unlimited fire. That's what it means to be here. So let me end up with the Maisa. Chesidish and Maisa. Chesidish and Maisa is like this. So you've heard of... Um, Hopefully you've heard of the the Halak Yishvitzer, the Meishulet from Ramach Yisav Yishvitzer. So Ramach Yisav Yishvitzer, so his son was Rabbi Yaakov Yishvitzer, the Beis Yaakov, and his grandson was Rabbi Gershon Hanukkah, the Balat Chelas. So you know, everyone, like I mentioned before, everyone is born with a certain personality, and that personality, but Darchal is not changing. You know, Rabbi Nachman Breslover used to say, he said, people say, the Bali Moshe say that you have to break your midas. So Rabbi Nachman said, if you have a bad mid and you break it. You have two bad meetings. So you don't want to break your meetings. You, cha- you want to channel your meetings. That's what Nafi used to say. So a person is born with a certain meter, it's a matter of harnessing it. So Gershon Hanukkah, the Baal Tchelis, was uh, a revolutionary type. There's a certain personality of always thinking outside the box, of always being, always, not just thinking outside the box, of whenever there's a box to, to be challenged by that, to get out of the box. You know, that's a certain personality type. And that became, he used that to become Amish, uh, a leader, a huge, huge mechadish. But you had that as a kid too, that's who he was. So it's nice like this. In the town of uh, Ishvitsa, so Rav Gershon Hanukkah was raised over there. His grandfather was the rabbi. And he was a small child. The Maisa goes like this. In the town, there was a certain stream. And to cross the stream, there was a, a narrow bridge. It's a very, very narrow bridge, one person at a time. Okay. So the Maisa goes that little uh, Gershon Hanukkah is, you know, is a rambunctious kid, became a fiery person. So he wanted, in a certain situation, he wanted to cross the bridge. You know, his mazel, it was like an altayid that was right in front of him. And this altayid was going at a pace that he was able to go very slowly. 
But uh, Gershnenichel is impatient a little bit, and he starts, you know, trying to, to get past. And so this old yid notices that this, you know, the, the, little, uh, the little kid is trying to push him. So he says, how dare you push me? You know, I'm an enoch of the chayz of so the kid, Gershonel, looks at him, he says, Who cares? He's dead. My grandfather's the Rebbe, he's alive. So old he and his mom is shaking with that time. Chayzibulim, Chayzib's head, says such a thing. So what is he going to do? He's going to go to the grandfather, he's going to tell on him. So he goes to the Israelites, and he says, You know, your grandson, I have to tell you what he said. He said, You know, the whole thing. Chayzib's dead, but my grandfather's alive. So the Israelites says, No, I'm ashamed. So the Israelites calls in his grandson, and he says, Penachal, is it true, Taka, that you said such a thing? So he says, yeah, I said it. Is it not true? <laughs> so Israel just begins to shake. He's like, begins to realize they made a big mistake. So he begins to get nervous. And after a little bit of that, a little bit of time, so the Israel says it like this. But Lamaisa, you're right. Lamaisa, you're right. The Chayz is dead and I'm still alive. And as long as I'm alive, I can still be Rishim by a Chay. That's the Israel Society. That's the nice. The Rebbe Yishon doesn't have Rashi anymore. He doesn't have the Rambam. He doesn't have the Chayz. He doesn't have the Israel He has us. And as long as you're alive, as long as you're alive, it means within your mezgeris, you could be a Rishon Ba'echai, Bechinus Rishon Ba'echai, even greater. Hashem should bless each every one of us. We should become Yidin. We should become Yidin. To tap into our potential, to become on fire with Yiddishkeit. And we should be zaychet to be the generation that, of all generations, that's able to see eye and by an ear. We should be a zaychet to 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 be a za